0: Welcome to the Blur & Blend Marketing Podcast. Hear how marketing professionals worldwide are navigating in the blur of today's challenging consumer marketplace as they blend new age strategies and partnerships that create marketing success. Here's your host for the B&B Marketing Professional and Global Educator, Trish Rubin. Hi, and welcome to Blur & Blend Marketing. My name is Trish Rubin. And I'm so happy you joined us today, wherever you are in the world. I'm lucky to say I have people who listen from all over the world and wherever you are. It's so good that you're here with us because I offer a podcast that really addresses and before COVID, uh, how things are working in our industries of communication, of brand and marketing and PR and how things are really definitely in a blur Because they're in that blur, and I called this before COVID, (laughs) I didn't cause COVID, but I called the podcast Blur and Blend Marketing. I wanted to signal to people that sort of the old rules, we don't want to throw them out completely, but we want to be able to use them to create new opportunities. So I look for interesting speakers Many of you know that I teach. These are people I know through uh, work and through business, and then I offer them the opportunity to come and share with the next generation. And when I get a guest that I really enjoy being with and being time with, I want that person on my podcast. And today I have a a guest, Louise O'Brien, who I do love being with, and we've laughed together. In fact, we planned this podcast pre covid Maybe we were trying to figure out about a month before it hit in one of the most lovely places in the Plaza Hotel. And now we're making it happen a year later. So uh, all of this time, I've had the opportunity to stay in touch with Louise. And uh, she's come to my class. So I'm really excited to go on the journey with her today. I say my my guests give us guiding stories. And the guiding stories are the things that have come through in their Journey in their career. And I'm willing to um, give them the opportunity to share so that people can learn about them. They may want to work with these people. They may want to continue to learn from these people and uh, just enjoy the time together as we are every time I do my podcast. So, Louisa O'Brien, I met because of her unique ability to connect with people in her job as she is, and I'm going to get this title right. <laughs> so, she is the regional director of PR for the Americas for the Langham Hospitality Group. Some of you will recognize that as a just a five-star beautiful hospitality chain located worldwide. I was lucky enough to be on the receiving end of a holiday wish from Louise, and it was so wonderfully written and so engaging. I had to reach out, even though I didn't know her, and compliment compliment her and and comment on how connecting her her work was and that kind of grew into let's have tea or coffee and here we are now I'm sharing her with the people who I care most about the people who listen to my podcast so today um, I want to welcome you welcome Louise to Blur and Blend Marketing. Thank you I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're having a great time. And we're reconnecting and we're making actual plans to meet face to face, which is a very exciting thing in this day and age to actually even think that you may really be in the same room with someone and not in a zoom room. I'm going to go through the structure of the podcast if you're listening for the first time. And if you're not listening for the first time, you know, you're on a journey, I love to drive. I structure the podcast so that we feel like we are on a journey with someone. The person who's the guest is driving. That person is behind the wheel. Before I meet today with people that I uh, I know, I, I, I meet them in a podcast and say, I want you to just think about your journey in three ways. I think about having them... Think about the hindsight, what's behind them. And that would be on our journey. When you get into a car, one of the first things you do is you adjust the rearview mirror so you see what's behind you. So I'm going to ask Louise about a little bit about her background, hindsight, uh, that brought her into this industry that she's in and enjoys. And then I ask about the now, the insights of now. Once we get on the road and we start our journey, what's happening? What do we see around us? What are we learning from? And finally, I look at what's next. We can't look too far ahead in COVID for sure. But what's coming next that's interesting? And I call that the foresight. So hindsight's first, insights, and foresight's. And that's how we're going to travel. So I'm going to ask you uh, to get in the car with us. And one of the last things I'm going to ask at the end of the podcast, almost forgot, is to ask the guests what their favorite color is. And I learned so much about that. We do a little laughing at the end and it makes things light, but also you get insights into people from hearing that. And then I ask her, well, if that car happens to be that color, can you tell us what else it looks like? So we'll just see if she's um, uh, what do they call it? A ragtop top uh, woman, or if she's a sedan or a luxury, uh, maybe she's uh, behind the wheel of a chauffeur driven limousine. We'll find out. <laughs> so let me begin. And, I'm going to ask you, Louise, to get in the car with us. You're taking the wheel. And you're you're in an industry, public relations. It's such a a communication industry that has exhibited so much change. It's been part of a lot of change that's been disrupted. As you're adjusting the rearview mirror, can you tell us, what you saw in public relations when you first got involved in it, into it, what drew you to it? Was it intentional or accidental? And tell us a little bit about what you see in behind you in that industry.
1: It was accidental, <laughs> for sure. Um, I was drawn to the travel industry first before I was drawn to public relations. I actually studied Journalism in college, among other things. And when I, after college, I thought I was going to become a journalist. I was trying to do that and not with very much success because I'll be honest, I wasn't really very focused. And I had a variety of different things I was doing in New York, none of which had a lot of ambition behind them. It was, I was just sort of living in the moment as young people sometimes do. And um, I answered an ad to answer telephones in an office because I wanted <laughs> benefits and did not realize it was a public relations office until I came for the interview. And uh, the woman who ran the, this public relations agency um, that specialized in travel, while being interviewed by her, I was so inspired by what she did, but also by how she felt about travel. And um, she was basically, basically said, you know, we convince people to go on vacation. Like there's nothing what what's wrong time. about that. You know, that sounds like a fun thing to do. And then she said something else to me, which has stayed with me for a long time, which she really felt that in her, in her own small way, those, those of us in the travel industry are contributing to world peace because it's hard to hate somebody when you've seen where they live. And I really thought that was amazing. I, you know, I was 22 years old. I thought that was just, I, I was gobsmacked and, and, started answering telephones for that agency and they started to give me work and I started to under So I, I learned public relations in a practical way. A lot of other people study it in college. It's an actual discipline. Um, and I've done that since I started in the industry, taking classes and, and tried to you know perfect my craft, but I did get dropped into it and learned it practically first. So it was very much an I think an that's accident. a wonderful thing to um, bring
0: up. And a lot of people, sometimes they say, Oh, they don't want to say that they don't have a degree. I don't actually have a degree in marketing too, it, but it, it's your story about how you learned on the job and what inspired you and then how you then upskills yourself is a great message for today.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think, it, it, I think that's always possible. And I think, um, especially in college, everyone, there are people who, who are very focused and know that what they're studying is going to lead to what they're going to do. And bravo to them, honestly, but there's a lot of other people, I think, who put a lot of pressure on themselves to figure out what they're going to do with their lives in college. And I I just, I wasn't that um, aware of my, of myself or the world at 18, 19, 20, as I was later on. And so um, I've, Carved out the life I want as I'm doing it, <laughs> so um, so which is just my way. It's always been my way. So uh, yeah, so it's it, it's definitely an industry that I'm still very passionate about as it has changed over time. But it, it's not one that I thought if you'd asked me when I was 18 what I was going to be doing, I wouldn't even have known what PR was. I love it. So that I
0: love that, and and you give me a great way to to move us even further into the conversation because. What you've just said, you didn't even know what PR was. And now you are living it. <laughs> so tell us what, what PR is for you or maybe you you go into a transition, maybe to even say what it was. And let's look at this this now. What is PR about? Is it about one thing? Is it is about many things? It's so hard for us to to really, even marketing, you ask somebody what marketing is, they got fifty yeah. answers. It's not like you are saying brain surgery. What is it? People know that, you know. So, the PR, uh, yeah, it's, it's
1: true. Give us some insight on that. Yeah. Um, f- from from how I've learned how to do it, um, because PR is it's a it's a very big term that means different things to a lot of different people. Similar to the term communications or marketing, you know, it's just a big term. Um, for me, public relations is about storytelling and maybe that's what drew me to it because I had wanted to be a storyteller. I'd wanted to be a journalist. Um, for me, public relations is really about helping to craft stories. And, um, I think public relations gets a lot of a bad rap because people have a misconception of what a public relations Mm -hmm. person is. Um, in fact, my friends and I always joke about starting a group, those of us who've been doing this for a long time, that we wanted to jokingly refer to as death of the PR girl, except that sounds very dark. But there was this this like, um, misapprehension that every, every PR girl, they're not all girls, they're not, all, you know, but PR girls were just this very specific breed of like New York girl that's like, black dress and the starbucks cup and the iphone and just very like go 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 and not particularly honest or not particularly smart but just very very stylish and on you know on a mission and i don't know anyone really like that that's sort of a cliche kind of created by the i don't know what kind of emily in paris Um, kind of thing you know (laughs) sort of yeah i mean Um, I was watching a show, there's a show right now on Amazon, I think, called Flack. And it's very, very entertaining. And it's about entertainment PR, um, but the very specific type that deal with scandal. And it's very eye-opening for me because I've never done that type of PR. Um, But it is, that is one, you know, sort of type of of public relations. But for me, it's always been about storytelling. And um, I think that's because I was trained initially by an agency that specialized in media relations, um, and you know, working with journalists and working with editors to tell stories about, you know, travel clients, hotels, destinations, uh, cruise lines, things like that. So for me, that's what public relations is. Um, it's evolved a bit in that we're we're not as much we're not only working with journalists now, we're working with social media influencers or we're doing we're directly speaking to to consumers through social media. Um, but for me it's still always about that. It still always comes back to what story yeah, are. Yeah, and I love that we can maybe what we'll nod at because I see us
0: trying to talk about the podcast pre-COVID. And then I know when we kind of when we started talking again last year again uh, what was going on for you. So I think one of the and what you've said in in the class, when you spoke to the class, was very interesting and could be shared in this part of our dive is what what has it been like to tell the story of this very unique brand worldwide when the whole world has stopped traveling?
1: Yeah, that was a struggle <laughs> from, the, from the beginning. I think because I come at um, what I do as a storyteller, I think words are very important, uh, the choice of words and how, how you use them. And so from the start, um, one of the first things I did when we were just dropped into the abyss of we're not sure when this is going to end, um, I looked up the word hospitality because we're that's our industry. Um And travel, we get it. You have to go somewhere. But what does hospitality mean? And hospitality, as anybody else who has a dictionary can tell you, doesn't have anything to do with the building in which it's taking place. So yes, we are a hotel company, but we're a hospitality company. And what we do is take care of people. Normally, we take care of them when they book a room, come to our hotel, We make the experience uh, a memorable one for them, but we couldn't do that right now. So it seemed um, only logical that we would continue to be hospitable as best we could while we waited for them to return. And so, um, you know, Langham, I'm very proud to work for Langham for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is because I feel like it's a very communicative company. Um, we have a direct line to our CEO, everybody in the company does like anybody can email our CEO and talk to him. There isn't a lot of like gatekeepers between him and his colleagues, which is what he considers all of us around the world. And so we were able to have like open conversations, all of us, um, with each other and with him about what we thought we needed to do to continue messaging the Langham spirit while people couldn't come see us in real life. Some of our hotels were closed by their local governments because all hotels were closed. Some hotels like the one in New York stayed open, but with very minimal guests and a a skeleton staff. Um, So how are we going to continue to communicate hope and celebration, which were two of the things that our brand was about? And um, that became the the focus, was was trying to find a way to continue to communicate that. Well, yeah, so the,
0: the celebrate, when you were saying the spirit of what that brand is about, and you're mentioning, and I love how you mentioned language was so important if you're going to be communicator, marketing, branding, PR, advertising. Uh, so celebration and hope. Can you give us an example of what, and that, I love the story too, the internal organization being so transparent, almost like family-like and can you give us an example yeah. of what kinds of things then you had to
1: to work on project wise during that time? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, our so our, the campaign we had unveiled in 2019 was, was called "Celebrate the Everyday," um, and we we created a an ad campaign and a brand campaign, and everything sort of laddered back up to it. And the idea really came from our right from our CEO and from everybody who works at our company about what we feel people used our hotels for, which was obviously milestone celebrations, but we wanted them to understand that every day that they were with us was a celebration or could be um, no matter their reason for their visit. Cause, because you and I both know, especially now that we've lived through COVID, if you find a reason to celebrate, find a reason to celebrate because you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. And so it was almost prescient on our part that we were talking about celebration in that way, but we didn't see it that way when COVID first reared its head. So initially we were like, well, we can't talk about celebrating no one's celebrating right now because we know what he was. And so um, in collaboration with the company, we had myself and a few other people were on a call one day and we were talking about our signature color pink. And again, you know, language is really important. What does pink mean to people? And pink means hope and pink means happiness and pink means being healthy in the Mm. pink of health and um we decided to embrace that a bit so we we rolled out a social media campaign with the hashtag in the pink and we showed people how like scenes from the cities in which we were in pink tinged of course because very you know we're hitting people over the head with the pink we weren't trying to be subtle but we were very, you know, like we're, this is how we're staying in the pink. We're looking at our city and we're saying we're going to come back. We're all going to see each other again. And we had a universal message. All of our hotels did it on the same day on social media. Um, and that's what we started talking about. We did newsletters to our database of guests where we're like, here's what you can do to, you know, experience Langham while you're home stay in the pink with us, we're trying to stay hopeful, because we want you to be hopeful that we're all going to see each other again. And it was really inspiring. I loved all the in in the pink messages just as a consumer, because just like everybody else, I didn't know what was going to happen. And it felt like a very tumultuous time as the same time that we were all just standing still, and um, not knowing what tomorrow was going to bring. And so again, I was really proud that Langham Thought to do that. It wasn't, uh, none of it was about booking future business or come back. None of it ever had a sales message. It was simply, we know what you're going through. We're doing the best we can to go through it with you and to keep you inspired. And uh, that's a weird, it's a weird line to walk. Um, But it was, it was very, it taught us a lot about what our guests expected. And um, it was very, it was a pleasant undertaking. Like I really felt very connected to our followers and our guests and everybody that we spoke to it's
0: really a a kind of a textbook example it's almost like I would love to be able to talk you know what I I think I would like to be able to do is really talk about that and use what you've done going forward in as a case study it's like a textbook example because it's like I've I've heard a a good friend of mine Scott Carr um who's he, yeah um brand luxury specialist and he gives examples of um away luggage you know the cop mm-hmm. away he said mm-hmm. they're not selling luggage to people they're selling the idea of escape and and um mm-hmm. casper mattresses they're not selling ca- mattresses they're owning the idea of sleep so you're it, because of your comp your company and it's such so really like having that celebration and who felt like celebrating, but you really in that right. kind of textbook example of what m- new marketing is said, we can't sell the product of our hotels, but we can sell the, the brand of the hotel and mm-hmm. sell the empathy mm-hmm. that's connected and sell the warmth that's connected. And I think it's really um a casebook study. And I'm going to definitely talk to you about that. <laughs> you can just share. You can tell, me tell your copy. You know, we got a casebook example. This is something that if I were writing a textbook, I would certainly want to see, um, you know, the students working on. So that, that could probably be coming um, for another class. But I love that idea of how the company, because you've talked about the internal organization and how, how um collegial and collaborative and things like that um are are, that certainly comes out in that in that story of how you're surviving and before we were even talking on on the podcast we were sharing uh, that idea that things are opening up and and the hotel is is filling up again and the levels of bookings are up and that's wonderful so let's talk about what do you see coming? What's next? And uh, if we're looking down the road a little bit to the end of our, our discussion, what do we? What What do you think your job is going to be like going forward? What's going to happen with, with your brand, or in general, what do you see happening in New York? Because many people will listen to this, and they're going to be far from New York, maybe, and they're wanting to come back.
1: Oh, they should. New York. <laughs> New York is. I mean, I think. It's so, you know, that would be an amazing case study for someone to do on how New York has evolved as a brand in this year, you know, because it went from being New York and I think New York had, I think New York had experienced record visitation in -hmm. 2019, like higher than ever before. And then we were ground zero for the pandemic in the United States and it just collapsed, you know, everything was gone. And we really were a little scared because when we were hearing about the future of travel, especially at the height of the pandemic, it was like, well, if you're, if you're not like a rural outdoor location, if you don't, if you're not in driving distance, if you're not like a car friendly place, none of which New York is like we were, we were, you know, and most of our hotels are in cities around the world, but New York in particular got hammered quite a bit by the media and by the, you know, it was, it was real. We really did have a, a problem here. Um, and, you know, they would, sh- everybody kept showing those pictures of Times Square empty <laughs> and I was just like, Oh no. Um, but we're seeing, uh, you know, statistical evidence, like thanks to, you know, the OTAs and like the various uh, tourism uh, organizations that put together research and have done polls of travelers, but also have done actual real time, you um, Breaking down what people are searching for on 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 Google and things like that, um, New York is in there. People are like asking, you know, you know, looking at trips, planning, thinking about coming back, and New York has come alive. I mean, you live in New York, I live in New York. We've seen it. Um, New York is coming alive. Like I was out uh, yesterday, and I had to quickly jump on a conference call, and I was sitting in front of Macy's because I didn't want to miss the call. And somebody on the call said, "Well, what's it like in front of Macy's?" And I was like, "Really busy." <laughs> <laughs> so. And it felt so good to say that. I'm like, people are looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm having a conference call sitting in front of Macy's, but there's people looking at me (laughs) because they're here. So I felt, I feel like now is a really, so if you are listening to this and you have been thinking, oh, I, I, you were scared to come back to New York. Don't be. It's, it's really, I give a lot of credit to the government. Our, our vaccine has rolled out very well. And so almost all of us are vaccinated. I feel like, like New York is great. Um, For our brand, I think, um, you know, we were we were we have pivoted to um, appeal more to leisure travelers. We've always appealed to leisure travelers, but I think our business was always half and half business and leisure. And we're doing more than ever with um, initially with staycations because that's what everybody could do. Um, In some of our hotels around the world, not just Langham, New York, where I'm based, but like the Langham, Hong Kong and the Langham, Sydney, like they did such amazing um, initiatives for staycations, just really fun, inventive things. And now we're thinking about, you know, travelers coming back. We're hearing about travel bubbles um, between different countries like New Zealand and Australia. But we're also hearing about, you know, there could be a return of European travel to and from the United States, and so we're starting to think again about you know appealing to people outside of our initial uh, you know immediate marketplace. But um, it's been really. I, I hope we continue to be, con- be to be that creative, and I think we will. We have some of the most creative people working at our company, and I think this sort of uh, jolted awake uh, parts of their brain where they're like, "What could we do that we've never done before?" And uh, you know that's been really fun. Um, the other thing that I hope doesn't changed doesn't change is Those of us who do public relations, specifically in-house at a company, can tell you that you're very often, uh, inadvertently, you get siloed. And PR does this, and marketing does this, and advertising does this, and direct sales does this. And that went away during the pandemic, thanks to (laughs) Zoom calls and thanks to everybody having to pitch in and do things they'd never done before. So suddenly, I'm editing web content and overseeing social media plans, and I love getting to use those parts of my brain because it turns out if you can write a press release, you can pivot a bit and write web copy. You just have to think about the audience a little bit differently. And, um, we're closer than we've ever been. So like I'm more invested in what our sales team is doing than I've ever been before. And I thought I was before, but now more than ever, they have a goal and my goal is to help with them with their goal in a, like we're like, we're in this together kind of way. And uh, I feel the same way about our operations team. Like it felt like it brought our, the teams that were left, it brought us really close together. And now we're starting to hire again and bring people back. And that's amazing as well. So um, that I hope doesn't change. I hope we continue to be really, really ingrained. Oh, and you're, the, the difference
0: between if we had done this podcast, so let's say like in February of last year, it would have been a, a completely different story. And and it, I love the idea, like the spirit of Langham, hope and celebration, because you're almost describing that as an internal um, um s- special sauce that grew out of that. And then and yeah. that everybody realizes, you know, we're, we're lucky we survived it. the plenty of people didn't and and maybe one of the reasons why that you were surviving is because you had that ability and belief and and faith in your system and even though you were siloed look at how you came together so this is really again i'm thinking uh, this is a case study So I thank you for that. And uh, one other thing I wanted to ask about as you look forward, I remember when we had a conversation several months ago. You were talking about well, when Broadway opens, that's going to be like this a great signal. Yeah. Are you still thinking? I'm. I'm actually. I've got tickets to go to see the immersive Van Gogh. I'm going to go and do that. Oh, that's hard to get tickets for. I Good tickets for you for that. And that's not until August, though. But I did get them. But um, are there things like that? So when you see that, when you're hearing that buzz, it, it, when things start to open, the comedy clubs, we know they've opened a little bit and it's mm-hmm. still limited. Are you, do you monitor that and say, okay, now we're going to see when this happens. Mm-hmm. What do
1: we expect is going to happen yeah. for us? For our New York hotel, we definitely... Um... We definitely start, you know, specifically when we didn't have a lot of content to share on social media about our hotel, we became a destination resource. We tried anyway. So we tried to always be on top of, Oh, this is reopened. Let's get, you know, let's share that pictures about that. Let's get a video of that. Let's try to meet, let's try to be as res- much of a resource to our former guests who follow us on social media as we can. And through our direct uh, communications through our like direct newsletters to our databases. Um, I still think that Broadway is going to be the big linchpin that brings it all together. I just think that when Broadway comes back, even if you don't come to New York to go to a play, which a lot of people don't, that will, th- I think that will imbue the final like sense of confidence in it's okay. Everything's okay. Um, now, you know, granted when Broadway comes back, it's probably going to be at 30% capacity and you're going to be like six right. feet away from the next person at the theater. But, um, and not just Broadway, but Lincoln center and radio city music hall for the Christmas spectacular, like all those things. Um, I feel like that will be the final, like, Oh, we're on the road to this being to us being, and I'm using air quotes. You can't see me on the podcast, but normal again. Um, so I still I, I'm still anxiously awaiting that because I think that will be the f- the final thing. But hearing that you can't get tickets to the Van Gogh immersive or like I tried to get tickets to the Kurosawa exhibit at the New York Botanical Garden and couldn't because <laughs> um, it sold out. That kind of thing gives you does give you hope. Yes, those are outdoor events and, you know, people feel more comfortable outdoors. But, you know, restaurants are filling up. People are starting to think about um, life. Being out in life again, and so um, yeah, all those things give me hope. But I do think broadly. Oh, be and the
0: thank thing. you, and just the way you're presenting it to us, just with your energy, is so great. So, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I want to ask you now, as we close up, we've been on a great drive, we've we've learned a lot from you and experienced a lot about marketing and brand and PR communication in general. Uh, got a possible case study going here. <laughs> I'm very happy about this podcast. So let tell me a little bit about the favorite color and what were we driving in?
1: <laughs> so it's such an interesting question because when I first started working for Langham and probably this isn't gonna be fun for everybody who works with me to hear, I've worked for Langham for eight years and when I first started working for Langham, I was not a fan of pink. I just thought it was not, it just wasn't my style. I'm not, I'm just not a pink person. And um, I, it's definitely become my favorite color, and it, not just because I work for Langham, but because suddenly I would see pink things, and it would remind me of like the things I liked about my job. So it is funny how color has all things, right? All sensory things have that. It 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 if it if it can reflect on a memory or a feeling that you have about something, it becomes it, it changes the, the your persp- your perspective of it. And um, so pink has become my favorite color. I now seek pink things out and I have like pink <laughs> clothing. Like it's and very it's not, strange. Well, Langham um, has its
0: own proprietary, right? It's. Uh,
1: yeah, They well, they have a Pantone shade. That's the Langham color um, that we use. But um, it, the pink has evolved. When I first started working for Langham, it was a much deeper pink. And now it's a quite pale pink. Um, but I think that's also because we've evolved as a company and like our marketing has changed a bit. Like we, you know, just want to stay current in what what, what people want. So I think ours is more like the mm-hmm. millennial pink. Yes. I think yeah. was a color a couple of years ago. It's yeah. close to that. It has a foundation um, to it. So we Yeah. Not like Mary Kay, Mary. <laughs> no, it's not Mary Kay thing. That's very, it's very specific. That's why the next thing about the car is like the first thing I think is like me driving a Mary Kay car, which I actually would think would be pretty fun. um because, a, a uh, with because, her pink <laughs> Yeah. Well, only because I was just thinking the other day. I haven't. I live in New York, so I haven't driven yeah. in a long time. I don't even have I I don't even have a valid driver's license at the moment, but. I miss the cars where the gear was on the side uh, yeah, of the steering wheel. Yeah. So the only thing about the Mary Kay car is it probably does have the gear so on the good. side of the steering wheel. I love it. So, I'm, you know, I'm okay I'll with that. You, I when I see it, we're
0: going to, like, do pink Cadillac.
1: <laughs> we're going to order yeah, pink yeah.
0: Cadillac drinks. We're going to do
1: all that Oh, yeah. We should. We should. I and mean, we'll, we'll get – or because we're in New York, we'll get Cosmos. So we can be very New York, very pink. At the same Thank time, so yeah. So much, Louise. Always, always
0: a pleasure, and um, I've really enjoyed knowing you over the years. And I'm so happy to share your story, and very much, you know, a fan of what you do, how you do it with um, with ease. And it's not like uh, it's just not forced. You're not the PR girl. Yeah, <laughs> you are you know, just that you, you're a communications powerhouse of a woman, and you do it with such a a, a real and authentic uh, way of, of sharing. So thank you so much for doing this.
1: The feeling is totally mutual, Trish. Thank you so much. I always have such a pleasure speaking with you. And, um, you know, you're so inspirational to the people you teach. And now you're inspiring people with this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to be a part of it. I really am flattered that you asked me to be part of it. I I couldn't thank can't thank you enough for that. So you had that
0: opportunity, and um, so we know that we've had this great journey. And we can find you. um, Where's the best place uh, if we wanted to look in or just
1: uh, connect with you on LinkedIn or. Yes. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you're, I'm, I'm happy to share. You're welcome to email me at Langham. My, my email address is Louise O'Brien at Langham Anyone can send me an email you may um, hear from and people <laughs> I'm on. Yeah. And follow our brand on Instagram. I mean, I think, uh, we have a, a wonderful woman at our head office in Hong Kong, Melody, uh, who is doing our Melody bow, who's doing all of our, um, social media and she's been doing a wonderful job. So follow Langham hotels oh, on Instagram and uh, yeah, where, where I'm any, any way to get in touch with me. Thank
0: you. we well, have a wonderful New York day. I am looking forward to sharing a Cosmo with you in the near future and everyone else, please have a look at uh, the Langham hotel and enjoy the, the celebration and the spirit that they stand for. Uh, I'm glad that we had the guiding story from Louise today. Have a good day, everybody. Bye. Bye. The boom, 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 boom.